Hi, this is Adam, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. We're so glad to have you listening to our podcast. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter, and it also happens to be Mother's Day. So all of you mothers out there, happy Mother's Day to you. The word of our Lord from the Old Testament book of Proverbs. An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done it excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Amen. I invite you to turn with me this morning to John's Gospel, chapter 19. In chapter 19, we'll be reading verses 26 and 27. If you know anything about John chapter 19, you might be thinking, what in the world? We're reading about the crucifixion on Mother's Day. That sounds like something John Chandler would have done, right? (laughs) It was on Mother's Day that that happened. (laughs) If you don't know what we're laughing about, you've got to ask Bill, what in the world happened on Mother's Day some 15 years ago? (laughs) And then you'll see where he and David get it. Oh, the word of Christ from the gospel of John. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his his own home. Father, we thank you for your holy word. We pray that you would help us as we reflect upon your word, as we think together this morning, as we celebrate together this morning, as we pray, as we sing, as we meditate, as we listen and learn. We pray that you would move among us that your spirit would minister to our hearts and our minds. And Lord, we pray that you would help us 
to worship you well and to follow you faithfully. And we pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Mother's Day always holds the potential of getting weird. From family feuds to forgotten phone calls, some of us have been there before, convoluted schedules to get in all of the meals and all the visits and all the places you got to be and the, the, the things you got to mark off the list. We've, uh, some of us have heard horror stories of the matron of the family insisting upon brunch at a particular place at a particular time, which means, of course, the family's not going to church and all sorts of different things. Sometimes Mother's Day is associated with hurt feelings and rough memories. Sometimes it's associated with just disappointment in general. And then there are the questions. Questions like, wait a minute, what color carnation do I grab? Or even, do I take a carnation or not? And then, of course, there's the question of, wait a minute, why in the world carnations? Last year, I made the mistake and brought roses. <laughs> Lindsay reminded me, it's supposed to be carnations. Oh, yeah, forgot about that. Some of us even chalk up Mother's Day as a, an overly commercialized event. It's about consumerism. It's about self-centeredness. And it ought to be downplayed. Wherever you stand and whatever your opinion and whatever your thoughts and memories are about Mother's Day, here's a simple fact. Whether a good one or a bad one, every last one of us has had a mother. Every single one of us. And that's important. It's important that we reflect upon the reality, the fact that every single person who comes into this world did so by way of a mother. That's important because the fact is, your life is a gift to you. This, This week, as recently as yesterday, We've celebrated the birth of two moms that, or, or of two babies that, <laughs> and, and these aren't even potential moms, they're both boys. Um, we celebrated the birth of two babies in this congregation. We still consider Dan and Charlotte a part of the congregation, David. Just yesterday, Charlotte gave birth to little Caleb Thomas, and we were filled with joy and delight. I was I had the joy of being with David when he got the news, and it was pretty exciting. It was pretty quick after the news came in that they were headed to the hospital. We rejoiced together. We stopped and we prayed together. We celebrated. We were at a table filled with godly men, and we were all shouting. We were so ecstatic. Back on Wednesday, we celebrated the birth of, of Nathan Levi. Matt and Megan headed up to the hospital and that evening. Had that baby. We're so excited for them, filled with joy. God is the origin of all that is good, of all that is true, and of all that is beautiful. Every gift comes down from Him. 
from above. One of the things that's peculiar about us who are fearfully and wonderfully made is the good old belly button. I like to reference the belly button when I'm preaching and when I'm teaching. You know what I'm going to say about the belly button. Every last one of us has it. And the belly button reminds us that life does not originate in us. That it comes from elsewhere. That life is a gift to us. Every single one of us, our lives came from another. Something that's always stood out to me. Ever since Lindsay gave birth to Imogene almost 13 years ago, which I still cannot get my mind around. Less than a week, David. I'll have a teenage daughter. Unbelievable. John, I need more weapons. Ever since 13 years ago, when Imogene was born, and every child that we've had since then, something that's always stood out to me as, as wonderful and wonderfully strange is that Lindsay has made it a point to insist that I be the one to cut the cord, the umbilical cord, which is kind of a gift to me. The fact that my wife is just given birth and her concern is that I be the one to cut the cord. There have been times where she's had to insist, wait a minute, the Father's going to do that. Wait a minute, Adam's going to do that. And the umbilical cord, which as it's cut away, gives way to the belly button, it is a reminder that life is a gift, that life is something that is given, that life, our existence, our very being, is something that is received by us, from another, from the life of another. We Protestants tend to downplay the role of Mary in the life of Jesus and in the redemption of the world because we know that you can get pretty weird and get off into some very uh, uncomfortable places theologically by overemphasizing her role. But let's not downplay the role of Mary when she yields herself to the hand of God and says to the angel Gabriel, may it be done unto me as you have spoken. She surrendered herself to the Lord. She made herself God's maidservant and said, if the redemption of the world comes through me, how in the world is that possible? But may it be so if it's your will. I wonder if Joseph cut the cord. That umbilical cord and that belly button that comes as a result of it being severed also reminds us not just that life doesn't originate in you or in me, but it reminds us also that your life and my life isn't even sustained by us. You know, we pride ourselves on being self-made men and we're the type of people who pull up our ourselves by our own bootstraps. We, we talk about you know, lifting ourselves back up, but even the sustenance of our lives, the nourishment of our lives is something that is a gift to us. It's something that comes from beyond. The mom supplies through the umbilical cord to her baby, not just the blood of the father, but also 
nourishment and nutrition. And even after that cord is cut, let's not forget that Jesus nursed at Mary. That Mary changed Jesus' diapers. That she swaddled Him. That she wiped His runny nose. Your life doesn't originate in you and your life isn't sustained by you. Your life is a gift to you. The interesting thing about that is also that your life is not a gift to you for yourself, but your life is a gift to you for others. That's something that we're reminded about at Mother's Day. Whether we had the greatest possible mom or the worst possible mom, it seems like there's nothing in between. Whether we've had the greatest or the worst, the reason why we can speak of them as the greatest or the worst is because the ideal of what a mother should be. A mother should be one who lives not for herself, but for her child. One who lives not for her own interests, but the interests of others. Another, a particular other. Notice the model of Jesus, even on the cross, even as He's crucified and is dying, one of the last things He spoke, one of the last bits of concern on his mind. The thing that was heavy upon him was caring for another. Specifically, caring for that other who had cared for him. His concern on the cross is for his mom. Woman, behold your son as he looks and sees John, the beloved. The one who had once been a son of thunder, who began to identify himself in the the washing of his feet by Jesus, his Lord and his Master. The one who called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. Jesus turns to him and says, Behold your mom. Jesus' concern on the cross is for his mom. John's concern at the cross, before the cross, in the shadow of the cross, as he sees his Lord, as he sees his Master, his Teacher, his Rabbi, the One who is to be his Messiah, as he sees Him upon the cross, his concern is quite simple. Obedience. Conformity. Submission. John's concern is not... How am I going to do that? My goodness, she's not even my mom. Why do I got to take care of her? His concern is, yes, Master. Yes, Lord. As He had said all along for three years. Why? Because John had been around Jesus long enough to know that not only was He the object of Jesus' love, and not only had Jesus the Son received life from the Father as a gift, and not only had Jesus called His disciples to that life, but He had been with Jesus long enough to recognize also that that life was not for Himself. It was a gift for others. 
this past Thursday, I, um, you know, I was looking kind of like a caveman. Still, you probably still think I look like a caveman. I was, had need of a haircut, and so I had schedule an appointment with my hairstylist, Jeremy. And so I'm sitting there. David is cutting my hair. He's also, interestingly enough, was the uh, the guy that cut David Lane's hair, Pastor David Lane's hair years ago. And we st- I stumbled upon him by happenstance. And so he's cut my hair since we've been back here. We talk about David Lane every time I get my hair cut, which is one of the reasons I really enjoy going to, to see David. So I'm sitting there getting my hair cut, getting this new do, and getting my ears lowered a little bit. And while I'm sitting there, Dave and I are talking, and the conversation lulls for a moment. And there's a a lady and a another hairstylist standing there with her, and they're working on her mop. And um, I I hear what they're talking about, and they're kind of speaking in muffled tones for a bit. And I hear. It's not even about her, right? It's about me. That's my day. And I thought, I know what they're talking about. (laughs) And of course, there's the the subtle affirmation. Oh, I know, I know. And I thought, unbelievable. Here's a fun fact for you. It's not about you. Guy or gal... Mom, dad, neither. It's not about you. Life is not about you. The universe is not about you. It is not your fun park. It is profoundly not about you. It's about Him. It's about the one who made all this. It's about the one who's writing this story. It's about the one who made you and me in His image. And the, the crazy thing about that is that He's determined that it's not even about Himself. It's about them. It's about others. He gives all good gifts. He is the origin and the source and the foundation and the fountain of all that is good, of all that is true, of all that is beautiful. He's given to us, through our mothers, life. This life. It is a gift. It is a gift to you. But it is a gift for others. He being the origin of all that is good, true, and beautiful. May our lives be evermore and completely conformed to His image. May our response always be that of Mary. May it be done unto me as you will. May our response always be that of John, who even without words, simply obeys simply lives for the sake of another. Simply lives for the sake of His Master by living for the sake of others and by giving of His very life as a gift for others. May He define and perfect our love, our value, and our identities 
For our lives, indeed, as the Apostle Paul said, are hidden in God with Christ. He is the one who's given the good gift of life. And he invites us to give our lives as gifts to others. Father, we pray that you would that you would help us, that you would help us hear your voice as you call us to yourself and as you call us to give of ourselves for others. Lord, we don't want to live for ourselves. We don't want to live. We're repulsed by self-centeredness. But Lord, would you save us from the tyranny of a constant self-interest. Lord, help us to recognize that life is a gift from you to us. That it doesn't originate in us. It doesn't, it isn't sustained by us. And Lord, help us to recognize in equal measure, that it is a gift for the sake of others. And Lord, help us to be concerned with one another, to live in love for one another, to be conformed to Your image, the image of Your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. The Lord God of heaven, creator of all things, giver of all life, origin of all that is good, true, and beautiful. We love you. Thank you for the beauty we find all around us. Thank you for the strength that we find within us. And thank you for the joy of those we love. Thank You for being with us through Your Holy Spirit as we gather together as Your people and worship You in the name of Your dear Son, Jesus. Father, Son, and Spirit, You are holy. You love perfectly. You are always faithful and always good. We love You and we need You. Lord, we rejoice with David and his family, Matt and Megan and their family at the birth of these two sweet boys. We pray that you would be with Charlotte and Megan, that you would be with Caleb and Nathaniel, that you would give them rest and strength. Lord, we rejoice with them at these two new lives, and we pray your blessings on them and their families. Lord, be with Christy as she's up in Kentucky with Charlotte and Dan and Michael and Caleb and their family up there. We pray that you'd be with them, that you'd bless them, help her to know that we miss her and love her and are praying for her faithfully. Lord, we thank you for our, our moms. We thank you for this life that is a gift to us. And Lord, we thank you for the awesome reality that this life is a gift that You've given to us through others. 
and for the awesome responsibility of recognizing that you call us then to give it for the sake of others. Lord, help us. We thank you for our godly moms and those that have invested in us the knowledge and love of you. We pray that you would help all the moms of our congregation to be that for their children. Lord, you are good and we love you. We lift up to you our many needs and you know every one. Lord, we lift up Boyd and his family as his wife Abby grieves the loss of her brother Billy. We pray that you would be with them, that you would strengthen them. We thank you for keeping them safe on the road down to Mobile and back. We ask that you would comfort them. That you would give them peace and rest. Lord, we lift up Todd to you and we miss him today and we pray that you would touch him and help him as he's sick. Help him to get well completely and quickly. Lord, help him to know that we do miss him and we love him and are praying for him. Lord, we lift up the ladies that we serve through Meals on Wheels and we think especially of Miss Margie and Miss Davies and we thank you for the love that you've put in Imogene for them. The opportunity that we as a congregation have had for so many years to serve them and so many others. We pray that you would help them and strengthen them. Lord, we lift up Miss Emily to you as she's serving your church and the pastors of your church there in Japan. We pray that you would strengthen her, that you would give her um, rest, that you would give her fruit, and that you would help her to bear fruit for the gospel as she works there. Lord, we thank you for the heart that you've given to our kids to help her, to raise money for her, to be a blessing to her, and to pray faithfully for her. Lord, as we see them leading us and teaching us how to love and care for others in tangible ways, we pray that you would help us to have the faith of children and to approach you as such in trust. Lord, you are good and we love you. Thank you for this day, a day in which we honor our mothers, a day in which we remember those mothers who have already left this world, a day in which we celebrate those mothers who remain in it. Most gracious and merciful Father, You have made us in Your image, and in Your Son, Jesus Christ, You have revealed a loving kindness that longs to gather up Your children under the shadow of Your wings. Bless, we pray, all mothers, especially those who carry and care for children. Give them patience and wisdom. Sustain them in gentleness and grace. Deepen the tenderness of their affections and affirm them in the nobility of their calling. May our children always find in the embrace of mothers an outward and visible sign of your never-failing love and care. Through the love of our mothers, may we all feel the warmth of your tender mercies and know the constancy of your unconditional love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please make sure that you get your communication cards ready. And as Bill comes up to collect the offering, please get those in the offering baskets as he passes them. Thank you.
Please, there is a, a bouquet of carnations out here, white ones, pink ones, and red ones. I'll leave it to you and your Google devices to figure out which one to grab. But grab any ones you want, please. Uh, all of you take a carnation in honor of, uh, of our mothers who have given us life, uh, or through whom God has given us life. And, um, and let's, let's celebrate that joy and live self-giving lives ourselves. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.